Hello, and welcome to the Pragmatic Live podcast series, where we tackle the biggest challenges facing today's product management and marketing professionals with some of the best minds in the industry. I'm Rebecca Kalajaris, Vice President of Marketing at Pragmatic Marketing, and your host for this episode. Today, we have one of the show's favorite guests, Mark Stiving. He is a pricing expert, a pragmatic marketing instructor, and a whiskey connoisseur. Hello, Mark. Hi, Rebecca. How are you today? I am doing outstanding. And I'm always excited to have you on the show. But I'm also really excited today because we are going to talk about what was one of the most powerful concepts we teach, and in some ways, the most complex. So we're going to talk today about segmentation. Sounds like a lot of fun. Let's start. What is segmentation? How would you define it, Mark? So when you and I had the brief conversation that said, what do we want to talk about? And let's talk about segmentation. Part of the problems that we have is we at Pragmatic Marketing have a really clear definition of what we mean when we say the words market segment. And that's absolutely true when you talk about foundations and you talk about focus. But when you start to move into market and launch, is that really the same? And then when you move into price, that's, that's actually we talk about price segmentation, which is different yet again. So we really have to step back and say, what is segmentation? What, why do we even think about this concept of segmentation? And, and the real reason is we're trying to group people or companies into some commonality. And those, those people either act differently or we're going to act on them differently. Mm. So you could think of it as we're grouping similar people or companies for some purpose. And once we step back and say, okay, now we get that. Now we can start looking at the different classes and even the different types of definitions you would have in a segmentation and say, okay, why did we segment it this way? And suddenly it becomes easier to understand segmentation. Mm, interesting. So I guess group of people or companies where either they act differently or we want to act differently to them. Yes, because it's easier for us to reach them or something like that. So one is an inside out look at it, one sort of an outside in, right? They act differently, that's them. We want to treat them differently, that's us. So how do we balance that out? How do we make sure we're not categorizing people uh, because we want to treat them differently, but that doesn't match their needs? Yeah, I hadn't thought of outside in versus inside out in that respective. And in truth, the only way segmentation works is you have to start outside in. You have to start by saying, this is the group of people, here's how they think, here's how they act, here's where they go to find information, here's what problems they have. We've, we have to go outside the company and figure out here's what's similar about all these people. And then we can decide how do we want to act on these groups of people. The real thing that's inside out from this perspective, and this is where it gets hard, is we start to say, well, where do we pick the segment? Right? How do we start to define a segment? Because we could pick a segment. Let's just talk about individuals or consumers for a second. And we could have consumers that are everybody in the world. That's not a segment. That's everybody in the world. Okay, so let's segment it and say people in the United States or North America. Okay, we narrowed it down some, but was that enough yet? Or we say people in this geography, a smaller geographical area. Or maybe we say men versus women. Or... You know, the income, different income levels. So there are all sorts of different ways that we start to figure out how do we want to segment people? How do we find them? And then now the object for us is to try to figure out how does their behaviors correlate with the things that match what we're trying to get accomplished 
inside out, from an inside out perspective. Was that confusing mm-hmm. enough? <laughs> no, well, yes, but uh, let me see if I can, I, can, I can bring some clarity here. Okay, so there's a bunch of different ways we can do segments that all have to very much be based on the um, outside in, their behaviors, their characteristics. But in order to know um, if it's too tight a definition or too wide or really how we want to group things together is going to be based on the inside out view. So I can have super tight definitions or super uh, broad definitions based on their behaviors. And that tightness or broadness is going to be based on what triggers different things on our side. Yeah, absolutely. And you can think of the tightness and broadness as you start to make that decision. How narrow do you make your, your market segment or how broad do you make your market segment? That's going to help define how effective you are at whatever it is you're trying to get accomplished. So the more narrow we focus this, the easier it is for us to communicate with them, influence them, solve their problems, price for them, all these different ways we do segmentation. So so if you give me one person, suddenly it's easy for me to market and understand that one person. Okay, let's take it broader and say 100 people. Okay, we could probably figure that out. A million people? Well, there's a lot of differences in there. Mm. And so it becomes harder and harder for us. The broader we make the market segment, the harder it is for us to be efficient and effective at the activities that we're trying to take to target towards that market segment. How does that, so when I think about what we teach market segment at the biggest, the highest level in foundations, it's, you know, it's a group who have a common set of problems. Is this that same thing in your mind or is this adding a different layer to that? Because, I mean, that makes sense, but you still have to make it a usable function. How do I find those people that have the same problems? Uh, I can't just ask everyone and take a poll. So, so I have to take those problems and then match them to some of the, the demographics or characteristics that you were talking about earlier so that I could easily predict, do some predictive analysis to figure out where else they might be. Absolutely. Now we're getting into the complexity of what's going on here. First, let me say I, I dearly love the definition that pragmatic marketing uses for market segments. I I think it is so amazingly effective to say we define markets or segments as companies or individuals with a common set of problems. And and then when you step back and you think about it and you think about it, here's what that really does for us is if you think of the people putting products on the shelf, it's helping them define what those products should be like. What problems does that product have to solve? And so that makes so much sense. Now when we go to the other side, where we're trying to get products off the shelf. Um, now we have to try to say it's, it's way more than just did we solve a problem. Now we have to find the people who have the problem. And mm-hmm. how do you find those people? And now it might be matching up with demographic information or matching up with some other way for us to, you know, where do they go to get information? And so because I'm advertising in Entrepreneur Magazine, that's where they're going to find us at, or or I've got a million followers on Twitter, and that's where they're going to find us at. There's this, this other level of segmentation that we have to go through now to go find individual customers and individuals, uh, companies and individuals. That makes a lot of sense, right? Taking the sort of... Um I think you referred to it in a different conversation about sort of operationalizing market problems into market segments, right? So how do you take the concept of their market problems and then flush it out so I can find more and use more at a bigger scale than knowing one-on-one what your problems are? Yeah. And, and you know, we can make this iterative as well. 
So we go to that getting products off the shelf and, and we have this problem or we have this product that we built and, and it solves problems for lawyers and accountants and we built this awesome solution and we go to the market segment side and the market segment side says, yeah, you know, we could talk to them differently. Can we tweak the products? Can we make it two different products instead of one product? And, and so you can make it an iterative process as well. The question becomes how, how focused do we get on that market segment now? Hmm. So then how would you say, I mean, going to ask you at a topic maybe you're not that familiar with, but how do you think about this relates to segmentation in pricing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not really sure. Let me think about that. <laughs> so it turns out that price segmentation is really, in my view, it's really fascinating because you can take, you know, we'll, we'll take the, the definition as a market problem. We'll go pick a set of demographics and say we're going to go after accountants and we're only going to go after accountants with more than accounting firms with more than 20 accountants in it. So we have this demographic way that we've now figured out. Here's the market segment. Here's how we're going to go reach them. And I guarantee you inside that market segment, there's a different level of willingness to pay. And that's where price segmentation comes in is I mean, it's the exact same thing as a segment where we're trying to take a group of people and treat them differently. We're grouping them for a purpose. So now what we've done is we've started with however we want to define our market segment, and we take the next step and say, okay, the people who are willing to pay us a lot, how are they different than the people who aren't willing to pay us so much? And is there a way that we can get pricing differences to those two different types of companies or individuals? So price segmentation is almost always the most narrow or focused methodology or focused type of segmentation. And it's the last one I would do. Oh, okay. So would you kind of do it in the in the way you talked about it, where it was segmenting problems in order to build products and then segmentation from a from a go-to market plan and then segmentation into pricing? Yes. Am I allowed to change my mind a little bit? Uh, no, it's been recorded. It's done. <laughs> yes. There are types of price segmentation where we're simply charging different customers different prices. And that's really the last thing that we think about in terms of segmentation. I've done all the other segmentation. Now I'm going to go figure out how do I just get different willingnesses to pay from these different segments. There's a very different type of price segmentation, which is at a much higher level. And that has a lot to do with, well, let's talk about the accountants and the lawyers we talked about. What if lawyers are willing to pay a whole lot more than accountants are? we could suddenly create two different products. And the reason we did the two products is so that we could get dramatically different amounts of money from those two customers. So when it comes time to creating your product portfolio and thinking about your product portfolio and how that helps you with your segmentation, that is going to come earlier in the process. But once you have the product and you're trying to set prices on it, then that is the type of price segmentation that will come later in the process. So it sounds like, I mean, if we just think about all this, I mean, segmentation is powerful, right? It's, it's how we figure out what problems we're solving, right? That, that they're worth solving because we've, we've figured out what there's a, we can kind of size that segment. It helps us find, to understand the market we do have and find additional market, helps us maximize profitability within those places we do. So it's like, well, obviously no brainer was, you know, everybody should go do some segmentation right now. But how are they going to do that, Mark? What should they do? <laughs> well, so, so I'm not sure that we emphasize the fact that segmentation is so powerful yet. How many companies do you hear say, oh, we sell to everybody? 
Or it was so funny because I won't mention the name, but I was recording a podcast earlier this year and, and the gentleman kept talking about how important it was to do segmentation and how he gets these clients and these clients are saying, I want to do everybody and, you know, I can sell to anybody. And, and he says, no, you got to pick some, you got to focus, you got to market seg- pick segments. And when I was asking him, who does he sell to? He answered, oh, I can sell to everybody. <laughs> and, and after we got off the podcast, I said, you know what you just said to me, right? And, That's and so, so funny. It, it's so true though. We all do that. We think, Oh, if I if I narrow my segmentation, then I'm going to miss out on a whole bunch of customers or a whole bunch of potential buyers. Mm-hmm. And that may be true to some extent, but here's what's true: if you have too broad of a segment, then you don't have any way to resonate with anybody, right? We've kind of thrown a whole bunch of stuff on the wall, and we've said, "Hey, take take a look at this. Do you think it might solve a problem? Do you think you might like it?" Where once we pick a segment. Now suddenly we can build the product that solves their precise problems. We can talk to them about their problems because we know exactly what they are. We can price it relative to the issues that they're going to have and knowing their willingness to. It changes everything once we're willing to do segmentation. And so many companies aren't. That's the that's the problem. That's the hard part. Well, I think it's really interesting because I think people do often think that if I am targeting a specific segment, I am overtly turning people away. And what, what I, that's not the case. The more you know your audience, the stronger your message is to them, but it doesn't necessarily uh, repel other people, right? Let's use uh, REI, for instance, right? I am not an outdoor person. My <laughs> husband is an outdoors person. I am not. Like, I do it begrudgingly because I love him. And, uh, and, and so hit the marketing of REI, it speaks to him. Like, I mean, if he could have an REI branded something, he would. Uh, and, and my aunt is that same way. And so they do a lot of that. But I'll go and get all excited about something I bought there. I wasn't repelled by their, you know, super uh, outdoors kind of crunchy atmosphere. I just go, oh, so that audience, which would be really hard on their products in particular, liked it. So it's probably good enough for me, right? (laughs) Right? It didn't repel me. I didn't think, well, they don't mean me. And yet they're very specific to who they're targeting. And I think they... Companies think that, you know, just repels people away if it's not, if they're not in the core. That that is so true, Rebecca. And and the way I like to think of that is REI is advertising, creating products for, they built a whole business around your husband. Mm -hmm. By the way, I like him a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Miss Rebecca, who every once in a while steps outside the house and sees a tree or touches a tree or something. Walks into REI, picks something up and carries it to the cash register. Has the cash register, has the cashier ever said to you, oh, I'm sorry, you're not my market segment. We can't sell that to you. No, they've never like taken it from my hands and kept it away from me. Not at all. Right. And so they, they're still going to take your money. Mm-hmm. It's okay for other people to buy from us. And, and so here's how I think about that. The question that you had asked earlier is, how do you do this? How do you get started if you're not using market segments? yet? Big, strong recommendation. Pick one segment, pick one relatively narrow focus segment and do all of the things you need to, to absolutely delight that market segment. So we've built the right product that just nails their issues. Uh, We've found who they are. We know how to communicate with them. We've priced it exactly to what they need and build a program around that one market segment while at the same time 
still doing all that other stuff you've always done in the past because you were afraid to lose all those other people. Now that you've got one segment, see how well that performs relative to everything else you've done. Oh, I love it. So you still do the spray and pray, and but you you do a particular sort of A-B test on a specific segment with more targeted stuff. Yes. Hmm. It's really hard for companies to stop doing the spray and pray type methodology. (laughs) It's kind of like saying, are we going to bet our company on this one segment? Well, okay, great. Don't bet your company on it, but go test it. Go see that market segmentation works so much better than just using some broad segmentation definition. So in this recommendation, which I love, right? Keep doing what you're doing, but then then carve out something more specific. How do they know when they've they've hit the right size segment? When they're not too narrowly defined and they're not too broadly defined? What are some um, flag posts they can use to kind of check? That is a really hard question. <laughs> Excellent. So I think that. The answer to that is going to be, what do they need to get out of the market segment? Um, So what I would probably do is I would try to segment, I would try to define as many different market segments as I could, and then step back and try to say, which, could you tell me what segment has the highest willingness to pay? Or could you tell me what segment has the largest group of people or which segment is growing the fastest? And in fact, in our launch class, I think we, we have a, sheet that helps people choose which market segment they want to go after. But once you've picked a segment and you say, hey, I really like these attributes or these characteristics, and it feels right, what you want to do is try to size it and say, if we put these resources into the segment, what kind of return do we think we're going to get? And is that return worth the resources we're going to put into it? It's like doing a business plan for a specific segment as opposed to for everybody and everything. And I would think of it, I would try to think of it in terms of what percentage, what share am I getting out of that segment versus what share do I get from everybody or the broad segment. And what you should find is because we clearly targeted a specific segment, we end up with a much higher share there. And then I suspect with this test, then we want to to make sure that we set it up so it's very measurable. Oh, absolutely. The the. The number one reason you want to do this test is because if it proves valuable and valid, which I expect that it will, then you can go do it again and again Mm -hmm. and again. And now pretty soon you're running your company on market segments as opposed to, hey, we've got this new product. Isn't everybody going to love it? So if if you're marketing to a collection of market segments... It's kind of like personas, right? Where you get all, everyone's in on the concept, they get out, they build personas, and then they start to freak out about, gosh, how many personas am I going to need? Yes. I suspect there's the same thing where you need to find that right balance of segments where you have them, um, where you can give specific enough campaigns to move the needle, but that you can manage it. I mean, you could make, you know, really narrow segments and have hundreds of them, but you wouldn't necessarily be able to. The, the cost and the infrastructure required to support it may not match the results of that level of segmentation. Yes, you could certainly go overboard. And the other issue you have when you start doing too many segments is sometimes people are in both segments mm. and they get different messages from you. One mm. of the things we think about when we do uh, market segmentation is we ask the question or what we're trying to define is, I want this group of people that are as similar to each other as possible, 
but as different as possible from all the other segments out there. And there's a statistical technique or a couple statistical techniques to do that. Uh, but that's really the goal is how do we find people that are really similar and yet very different from everybody who's not in the group? And so, yeah, we could, we could start to over-focus. I, I really like the idea of having different products for different market segments. And it's okay if the products are very similar, but have different names or part numbers. And that way, it's easy for us to talk about a product to a market segment. Although, again, that, that comes with, uh, well, I can definitely see that that would be ideal. That comes with an overhead associated with it, just from a pure logistics and branding perspective, right? All those, you know, product A and product A.1 and A.2, whatever, all are really the same, but they're slightly different. And so we've built out entirely different pieces and naming conventions that would be potentially hard to track. And, and again, you'd also have the same issue that you talked about where you'd want to make sure that those segments were were clearly defined so that uh, if we use our REI example, Chris didn't get something in the mail for product awesome hiker and I got something in the mail for process learn to leave the house and they're the same products but we can like <laughs> see that they're marketed very differently with just different names. That would be, you know, not so good. I, I, I get the idea and I'm, so, I'm so, in and I just, I, uh, I think he, potentially being from a smaller company in the past that maybe I'm, I'm thinking about it myopically as opposed to the bigger picture. Yeah, I think here's the, here's the other way to do the REI story that makes more sense. REI targets Chris. REI could have a company that is a retail store, and that retail store is all about city folks touching nature. Mm. Okay. And, and no, so that now, makes sense. And now this new store has a way to say, I know who my market segment is. I know how I can advertise to them. I know how I can market to them. And so it's very different than, you know, I, I, I'm going to take a wild guess. I'll bet it's a little bit intimidating when you walk into REI and they've got the rock climbing gear and you're thinking, what the heck is all this stuff? <laughs> yes, maybe I went right for the Hydro Flask wine tumbler, but you know. There we go. <laughs> Now, that makes sense. And you see that with clothes brands, right, where they'll have different labels uh, for different markets, which have different price points and styles, per se, and, and advertising. Absolutely. Car companies do this exceptionally well. I love the Subaru Outback, right? The Subaru Outback targets your husband, Chris, right? I mean, it's an amazing car uh, for I'm outdoors people. i my Subaru right now. Are you? Nice. Did, <laughs> did he pick it out for you? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so here's the funniest thing ever. We bought my mother-in-law, 80-year-old lady, a brand new Subaru Outback because it had a couple of features that fit her needs really, really well. Do you think the Subaru salesperson said, no, 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 we're not letting her drive our car? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm sorry, that's not for you. Right. But there were some features that they had these cameras that would automatically stop the car, keep her from rear-ending somebody. It's easier to slide in and out of an SUV-sized car than it is a, a you know standing up out of a sedan. Pretty cool. All right. So what else? What else on segmentation? We have covered an awful lot. Uh, there is a couple other things I want to point out on segmentation. Can I can I geek out on price segmentation for just a second? I'm shocked that you're going to do this, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, it wouldn't be a, a podcast with you if you didn't geek out on pricing. There are these um, 
software applications, software companies where they do, it's usually enterprise level software and they create micro segments out of your customer base. And the way they do that is they look at historical price paid. Now this only works obviously if you've got salespeople who are negotiating prices and so some different customers pay different prices. But you take the historical price paid as your dependent variable. And if you don't know what that means, don't worry about it. You take all of the other information that you can collect about that transaction, about the customer, about the situation. You make all of those the independent variables. And then you can run a regression or some type of statistical analysis. And they're really accurately able to say, here's this new customer. They look like this segment. Here's probably what they're willing to pay. And it helps companies get, you know, micro segmentation, which is phenomenal. You can do a really similar concept yourself at a more macro level. If you have a way to say here, the price that somebody paid is a really good indicator of how much people are willing to pay. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's pretty close. And, and so you have the ability using linear regression or if you know what it means, there's something called logistic regression. Uh, you can use some of these techniques to help figure out what are the characteristics that drive your customer's willingness to pay. And now we can start creating price segments around those characteristics. Hmm. That would be powerful. It is amazingly powerful. It, it works really well. Well, and even just doing that, that level of price prediction would simplify the sales process and remove friction on both sides, right? You you know what to expect. So you can kind of guide them to that point where you'd be comfortable. You don't have to start, you know where to start for one thing. And, and you can start in an area that gives you some, some room, but not an uncomfortable amount of room where they hang up at their first price. They're like, ha, that's crazy. Yes. Yeah. No, that's absolutely right. And then once you start down this path of, uh, you know, I am a pricing geek and I love pricing. But once you start down this path of using price as the as the dependent variable, which essentially says, I'm trying to figure out what are these things out here that help me predict how much somebody's willing to pay. Now, all of a sudden, all these other things are going to help us understand how should we be creating market segments, not just the micro segments, but the big market segments that we want to create. So your big advice then would be two, right? One, pick a segment and start testing it while you continue to do what you do today, but two, to take the sort of your uh, historical purchase data and try to, and use that to kind of look backwards at, at the people you're touching today and sort of segment that out. Yes. Yeah, so I, I love that. I love doing that. It might intimidate some people if you haven't had a lot of statistics or your statistics don't make you comfortable. Okay. Uh, but, but maybe you could find someone in the company that could help you with that or hire a statistician to, mm -hmm. to come help you with that analytics. Take your finance guy out for lunch and say, hey, I think we could get more out of deals if we did this. That might be, you know, up there. Yeah, exactly. Up there, Allie. Yeah, that's exactly right. And finance people really want to be helpful in the operations of the company, too. So, hey. Win-win. Mm Win-win. -hmm. All right. Any other thoughts on segmentation? We have a lot of good stuff. I feel like this was the most disorganized podcast we've ever done. If I was to put it in a specific segment, yes, <laughs> that would be the one I would do. But Hopefully it was still interesting. I hope so too, because in a lot of ways, I didn't know all these answers. I went looking for them over the course of the last few weeks once we decided we were going to have this conversation. 
And it isn't trivial to say, here's how to go do segmentation. But, but it is trivial to say it's so important, you have to go do it. Right. No, and it's very true. It's really, really important. And yet it seems it's easy for it to seem overwhelming um, and you don't know where to start. I mean, you could hear that in my questions. It was like, all I could think of was, oh, that's a really great idea. But wait, how does one do that? How does one support that level of peace? And, and I think um, one of the reasons I really liked your advice about pick one segment and go is, you know, don't wait till you figure out how to run the whole marathon before you leave the house and start to go for a jog, yeah. right? Go for a jog, get better at it. And then the marathon suddenly looks very doable. And that that's a great advice, you know, with segmentation. Don't think, how am I going to get all my segments divine for everything before I start doing anything? Start with one move it forward. And then also at the same time, look backwards at, at where, and, and find the segments in your purchase behavior that you can leverage. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And you got to talk about pricing. I mean, it's kind of a win-win. So, so let's toss this out. If anybody has comments, thoughts, uh, other ideas or things that we messed up totally and talked about segmentation, send them in to us and I'll continue to think about the process and read about it and maybe we'll do this one again in a year just so that we can see if we can make it more organized. Absolutely. We can, <laughs> segmentation part two. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Always fun. Always. All right. That does it for today's episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to join us next week when we tackle another great topic designed to help you elevate your product, your company, and your career. 